With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Welcome to Special Teams, a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome inside Special Teams with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon, a podcast where we look back at a specific year in sports and the special teams that did something really big that year. Today, we're continuing our run of big games from the 1980s. Hey, we've gotten a lot of notes from, from you saying, hey, let's go back before the 1990s. How about some stuff in the 80s and 70s? You ask, we provide. This episode, we look back at one of the forgotten classics, not so much for the way the game was played, but the circumstances surrounding it. The 1981 AFC Championship game between the Cincinnati Bengals and the San Diego Chargers, better known as the Freezer Bowl, the coldest game in NFL history. Yes, the Ice Bowl was cold, the famous game with the Green Bay Packers uh, winning over the Dallas Cowboys. However, this game, the air temperature was minus 9 degrees Fahrenheit, but when you add in the wind chill factor, with you with a sustained 27 mile an hour wind it comes in at 37 or 38 degrees <laughs> below zero they played oh, a the nice a- balmy day in chicago and some <laughs> of the winters growing up yeah in chicago you go to the beach on days like that right yeah no question so minus 38 degrees fahrenheit was the temperature of this game the coldest game in NFL history, factoring in wind chill, January 10th, 1982, the Cincinnati Bengals and the San Diego Chargers. And this game gets lost uh, sometimes because of what surrounded it. Because the week before this, hey, how did the Chargers get to this game? Well, the game widely regarded as the greatest game in modern NFL history, the 41-38 win over the Miami Dolphins. Kellen Winslow coming off the field, carried by his teammates. Uh, We've seen that done so many different ways. The hook and ladder touchdown for the first half for the Miami Dolphins and later on today on this day January 10th 1982 uh, Joe Montana would throw a touchdown pass to Dwight Clark in the back of the end zone that would also be known as the catch so you can understand where this game got lost a little bit because you had the pageantry of one of the greatest games the week before then you had one of the greatest games uh, following this with one of the greatest endings and while this game wasn't close on the field certainly everything that goes around it uh, it it makes it stand out. And when we talk about the charges and the, str- the struggles they had in this game, it really stands out. 
Well, you look at that, the other game, the Miami San Diego game, 41 38, as you said. I mean, it, it also puts Don Strock and Uwe von Schaumann, you know, to the wayside. So he was a lead singer of Motorhead, right? Uwe von Schaumann? <laughs> <laughs> he and uh, Lemmy Kilmister uh, oh, had their, their moments Lemmy. of training vocals now and again. Uwe von Schaumann was the lead singer of Accept, the big band from the 1980s. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> training vocals, uh, super group, uh, as it were. But, you yeah. get your balls to- Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you get the, the greatness of those games surrounding it. Uh, it takes nothing away from people uh, freezing. Mm-hmm. Uh, while watching a football game, well, which is one of the great rites of passage uh, as, as you flow through. No question about it. So this game, the, to give you a little background on both of these teams, the San Diego Chargers, this was the middle of their era of, boy, the high-scoring, high-flying, doing it a way that we haven't seen anybody in the NFL do it. This up and down the field on offense, throwing the football as often as they did, and it was new. They were the only team that really did it like this in the NFL, and the question was always, can you win a Super Bowl throwing the football like this, right? That was the bit. I mean, now it's you got to throw the football to win the Super Bowl. But back then it was, ah, can you really win throwing the football this much? Don't you need to have a power running game where you hold on to the football? Thing? Can you really win by going up and down the field with all these, all, all this crazy wide open offense? There was a big discrepancy and big discussion about that. And the Chargers were the team that was going to render the verdict on this. If the Chargers can win the Super Bowl, it could be done, but if they can't, then you know high flying offenses still are don't have their place. In the AFL, where the Chargers came from, where they had to sell tickets and guys throwing the football, that was one thing. But this is the National Football League, and this, in retrospect, was the best chance for the Chargers to prove their point and win the Super Bowl. They come into this game. Dan Fouts is all world at quarterback at this point. Charlie Joyner, Kellen Winslow, Wes Chandler is terrific. James Brooks, who led the NFL in total yards as a rookie. Chuck Muncie led the NFL in touchdowns. I mean, they were unstoppable. This team was so unstoppable. And maybe more importantly, they had lightning bolts on their pants, which were really, well, really cool. Well, I think that's the yeah, win. That was that's it. That's the, you know, what, what's the old line? Uh, it's from Catch Me If You Can. You know, why, why, the, why the Yankees have such an advantage? It's the uniforms. People mm-hmm. just can't stop looking at the pinstripes. Well, I would wear if I could, and I like I would wear tight pants that had lightning bolts up and down them. If Nobody's I could stopping wear them, if you have any creativity in your soul whatsoever, and a couple of bucks in your pocket, you can make this happen. Listen, I'm not going on Pinterest to try to find something. I'm just not doing it. Right? If I you can't, give me the size, I'll have them for you next if week. If I can't find it on eBay, I'm not going to go no, crazy doing look, it, man. I'm going to upgrade those Zubaz pants you've been wearing <laughs> for the last thirty years, and we'll get you those lightning bolts. You want lightning bolts on your pants, man? I'll make sure that happens. I'm going to go to the dark web to find lightning bolts on pants. That's how I'm going to do it. I don't think you need the dark web. I just think you need to open your mind. You might need to scrub your browser. I don't need to. Okay, well, all right then. Well, you know, challenge accepted. So for the next special teams, you got to tell me where that is then. I will find them. Lightning bolts on pants. So, or otherwise, I'll just custom design them, man. Oh well, I'll put your name in the lightning bolts and all nine yards. It'll be oh, your, your, uh, see your now, new logo. If you can customize them, that'd be pretty cool. 
That I'd kind of like. Done and All done. right. Uh, so this was Air Coriel. This is them at their at their biggest peak. Don Coriel, who brought this offense in with him through to the NFL and the Chargers. Really, they, they only were 10 and 6 on the season, but you felt like they were always going to win games in the final two minutes. They were uh, they were always up and down the field. They were fun to watch. And and you always went to this game going, boy, if we don't have our A game going, they're going to blow us out because of the way they like to play football. But I, I think that's one of the, you, you mentioned kind of how we look at this team in historical terms, right? We have the fight over Don Coryell in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. All oh, yeah, sure. Right. And in the end, they only won 55% of his games. Right. And the, not to dismiss it, he's above 500. Great. But it wasn't dominant. Right. When you talk about innovation and things that are setting everybody's hair on fire for all the yardage, for all the, the, spreading it out with the myriad weapons you had in this offense and some of the great names from Stratomatic football history. No question about it, where you wanted to march up and down the field. This was the team to do it. Uh, who do you got? I'm going to be the Chargers. I mean, there's no question. <laughs> so much fun. It, it, that won games in Stratomatic, not necessarily on the NFL gridiron. 69 and 56 for his career with the Chargers, 42, 27 and 1 in St. Louis before that. So that's why you always have this battle. I mean, they scored almost 30 points a game this year. Yeah. 29.9, 478 points, and they were 10 and 6. But could this team that throws the football and plays on the West Coast in the sunshine, could their game travel? Because that's the other part of the equation was, hey, can you play this kind of offense in the playoffs in the cold weather? Can you win games like this? Those two, those are the two number one and number two things people always ask. Can the Chargers do it? And they were going to, and there was no bigger challenge than this. You're talking about the coldest game in the history of the NFL. Congratulations, Chargers. This is what you have to do in Cincinnati to get to the Super Bowl. And oh, by the way, the Bengals, this is the year they put it all together. This was a really, really solid team, right? Dan Roll. Was a terrific tight end. Chris Collinsworth was a rookie. You could already tell he was going to be a star. And it's fun. I forgot how Collinsworth used to, when he would line up, he used to just, uh, before the, the ball was snapped, he used to uh, flail his arms back and forth. You always yeah. knew it was him. He used to do that all the time. Uh, you know, forgetting fed about guys with no motion. He would always do that as, as, as he would get ready for the snap. So that was always fun. But they had Pete Johnson, who ran for 1,000 yards and 16 touchdowns. Anthony Munoz was the greatest offensive lineman of all time. And they really put it all together. Forrest Gregg was the head coach who, oh, by the way, played in the ice bowl. So he had the unfortunate uh, experience of having to play in the two coldest games in NFL history. Well, it's Um, it's funny. Forrest Gregg, though, is, is a guy that I always associated as the Packers coach. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. Even though he he had more years Mm -hmm. in Cincinnati, to me, he was always the Packers coach. Just me. With all of this going on, the head of the snake of this team was quarterback Kenny Anderson. And there was no more shocking ascent than Kenny Anderson this year in the NFL. He was the top rated passer in the league. He was the MVP. He was the come from behind or the comeback player of the year. He had always been a good, solid quarterback, been to the Pro Bowl a couple of times. Cincinnati was decent in the early 1970s, early to mid 1970s. Cincinnati won a few games at playoff games. They had three 10-win seasons, and then they were terrible. And when they were terrible, Anderson was terrible. I can't believe he stayed with them. I can't believe they kept him as their quarterback. He was awful in 1980. Awful. We'll go to 1978. Oh. Four and eight, 10 touchdowns, 22 picks. 
he was, how do you stay the, at that point, he'd been in the league a while. How do you not say, okay, maybe time for a change in quarterback? And then he suddenly. He to hang out all the way till 1986. I know. And he played, I mean, it was <laughs> unbelievable. Like he had, like, I get it. You have a couple of good years while you're young. So you get the benefit of the doubt as you get older, but usually that's as a backup. And, and you know, this is where, nope, he's still going to be our starter. It's, are, are you kidding me? And then in 1981, he throws 29 touchdowns, 3,800 yards, all career highs. He never approached those numbers before that year or after that year. It's like he was efficient the following two years. It's like if this was 82, 71% completion. If he was a baseball player, you would say, oh, that's the year that they were banging the trash can and he knew exactly what was going on. (laughs) He knew knew what the play was. He knew what kind of defense they were in because they banged the trash can like for the Astros. But that that was the meteoric rise of Kenny Anderson. If his his career was a graph, it would be flat, 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 up a little bit, flat, 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 up a little bit, flat, 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 down, 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 straight Straight all the way up to the top. Straight all the way down to the bottom. Flat, 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 flat. That's Kenny Anderson. Yeah, that's the guy that's the the rumor that you've got the big innovation that everybody's looking for. So the stock pops, mm. and then you fail to meet earnings the next quarter, <laughs> uh, and you go right back off the charts. 29 touchdowns in 81. For his career, he was there from 71 to 86. Oh, amazing. He Jeez. threw more than 20 touchdowns once. <laughs> One one other time back in 1975, 19 the year after, and then 11, 10, 16. And he played most most years. He he played in almost all games. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like he was down in the you know Jim McMahon era and guys like that that were contemporaries where you were going to miss a bunch of games along the way. No, he played uh, and just didn't excel. How's that for being kind? No, that was good. You played and didn't excel. That's, thank you. I appreciate that. Thank but you very much. But they just much. kept giving him the rock, I man. Know, I know. Go out there. It's like Jennifer Aniston. Hey, we're going to give you another script for a romantic hey, comedy. Is it going to be good? No, it. it's going to stink. Okay, we'll, we'll keep giving doing? them to you. You leave Jennifer Aniston alone. She's an American treasure. Uh, did she go to Northwestern? No. Okay, no. so stop. Okay, so stop. I mean, you no. know. So I, I have no tie to her other than just... Um, my love of her. That's nice. Thank, thanks for that. My and we had that water uh, ad that was the billboard right by our exit for work for a while. So when I'd get stopped at that light, I could smile. <laughs> so fortunately, that sets the table completely for the freezer bowl. What happened next and what happened to the players following this game? Coldest game in NFL history, the freezer bowl. Why did the Chargers have so many problems? We'll tell you coming up next. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. 
I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. January 10th, 1982, Cincinnati Riverfront Stadium. Dick Enberg and Merlin Olson on the call. Minus 9 degrees, minus 38 degrees when you factor in the wind chill factor. The Freezer Bowl, the coldest game in NFL history, was set to kick off. And the players knew right away this was going to be unlike any game they ever played. Hank Bauer, who had gone out for the Chargers to warm up before the game, do a bit of running and come back in, actually told his teammates when he came back in, guys, listen, um, whatever layers you're wearing, take them off because they're just going to slow you down <laughs> and it's not going to help anyway because it's just that cold out. And you, well, can and you see, mentioned Merlin Olson. I mean, Father Murphy up in the booth praying for some sunshine. If yeah. Warmth. And it did, it did. There was the sun did peak in and out at times in the game, but it still didn't matter. It's not like it went from, hey, minus yeah. 38. And now it's 50 degrees. No, it's minus 38. Now it's minus 36 and a half degrees. Uh, both teams had trouble. And both teams were 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 intimidated by the cold. But you could tell there was one team that was a little bit more ready for it. It was Cincinnati. One team that was not, and that's the Chargers. Kenny Anderson, after in between every play, would put his hands right down his pants. Right? Where, where's the warmest part of your body? Right in the groin area. So that's where I'm going to put my hands to warm up between every play. Fouts, good advice. Fouts was wearing a, um, a white sweatshirt uh, under his uh, jersey. And after every play, he would pull the cuffs over his hands to keep him warm. He, he had a tough time holding onto the football the entire game. And you're going to see a big pattern with Dan Fouts and why the Chargers weren't able to get to the Super Bowl and win this game is really about Dan Fouts and the lack of planning. But right away, you knew that Dan Fouts, this was not going to be his day. All right. The first pass of the game he threw, he's got Kellen Winslow wide open in the flat and Winslow's going to catch it five yards and run for another 10 yards in the first down and Fouts there's nobody between them and he throws the ball and it flutters 10 feet over Winslow's head into the sideline Winslow barely jumps because he's not going to catch it and from that moment uh he maybe backed away from the tv and said oh Dan Fouts is going to struggle his third pass of the game he tries to throw it up 
20 yards downfield. It flutters out of his hand, comes down, and it should have been picked off because there's two DBs there, but they wind, the ball winds up going to the ground, and this was kind of the day for Fouts. It wasn't so much that he had trouble throwing the football as much as it was gripping it because the ball should never have fluttered the way it did coming out of his hand. In fact, he even said after the game, I can't believe Kenny Anderson was able to throw spirals during the game. I couldn't throw him at all, but have a big check mark in the column for warm weather team that likes to throw the football coming into the cold and can't do it. Check mark. That was the San Diego Chargers. Yeah, on that first play, you just see the ball flutter and start to rise. Winslow, as you described it, a little bit of a jump. And the mean mug look he gave Dan Fouts on that play right off the jump. Like, all right, we're going to have fun uh, for the next two and a half to three hours because uh, you already have uh, a little bit of malcontentedness from your wide outs. And so you're trying to throw short and, and you're praying for yak. You're, play, you're praying for the slip tackle and, you know, the, the big play that comes off a, a, a short pass. That never comes. And that's the thing. When Fouts would throw short, when he would try to throw 10 to 12 yards past the line of scrimmage, they did well because the Chargers moved the ball the whole day. It's not like, oh, every game, with every series was three downs a punt. They moved the ball well. But when they tried to go for chunk yardage, they either turned the ball over. Fouts couldn't throw the football deep. It was incomplete. They would make a mistake. Mistakes and not being able to go downfield killed the Chargers, and they never adjusted. You'd think at halftime after a half of not throwing the football well, they would say, all right, here's what we got to do. We got to go down 10 yards at a time, or or we got to take what we can get from this defense, because clearly every time we try to get greedy and throw the ball downfield, we couldn't do it, right? And this was the first half to a T for the Chargers, all right? The Bengals do a smart thing. In the opening kickoff, they decide to take the wind at their backs in the first and third quarter because they want to put doubt in San Diego's mind. They want to get off to a fast start because San Diego's a team that can pile up a lot of points. If we can make them have a scoreless first quarter, not be able to control the game, we put doubt in their minds. Maybe we get a score or two. We can control the game. And that turned out to be the best decision because normally when you're choosing the wind, you want it second and fourth quarter. But they chose first and third quarter because they wanted to get off to a big start start and it happened uh james brooks had a fumble after cincinnati kicked a field goal anderson throws a touchdown pass to ml harris it's 10 nothing cincinnati in the first quarter it's cold for both teams but still cincinnati was a little bit better being able to move down the field and we get to the second quarter and it's 10 nothing Bengals. and you're wondering is san diego going to get back in this or are they just going to just fall over for the rest of the day well and and we know that uh the hits hurt a little bit more uh, growing up in Chicago, playing football, you were in New York, right? If you're down a little bit and things aren't clicking, right, the the extra blow, it's going to hurt a little more when it's cold <laughs> and you're already miserable. And so that, that want to sometimes gets beaten out of you pretty <laughs> fast. And it's not that you're getting obliterated because, I mean, they're not getting blown out by any stretch. It's just more the function of, you know, you're not seeing that chunk yardage that you're normally going to, going to use and the rub routes were years from being really used effectively uh think about the chargers if they implemented some of that take that coriel <laughs> needed ground coriel instead of aircraft now two well, things at least uh, you know some some more i think creativity on the how to, how to work the intermediate and all about those halftime adjustments jason i mean that's really what it's all about 
Two big things for San Diego in the first quarter. They get in position to kick a field goal, and Rolf Bernerschka, who's one of the better kickers in the NFL, uh, yeah. comes out to, to kick. Look, he was a big hero, and Bernerschka, you know, the week before, when but when you're kicking in Miami, it's 88 degrees. Hey, it's a little bit different. His 37-yard field goal gets about three feet off the ground and doesn't even reach the end zone. And this ball had no chance, and you can tell already in his head is, I don't know that I can kick this ball today. I, I really don't know. Now it's into the stiff wind in the first quarter, but I don't know that I can do it. Dan Fouts also makes an incredibly bad play. Another chance that San Diego has, because like I said, they drove the ball downfield. He tries to get greedy and he throws a jump ball into the end zone. That's a flutter ball that gets picked off by Cincinnati and, and San Diego walks off the field and you're saying, what the hell kind of throw was that? I mean, it was a throw that a quarterback, if he makes that now, he sits on the bench because I'm throwing it up into the end zone and there's two defensive backs there and one of my guys, and uh, this is this is a smart play, and instead of getting a chance to get more points, this was one of the first examples of, here's Dan Fouts, here's the Chargers getting too greedy, making a bad throw instead of trying to get down the field in a little bit different way, and so instead of being in the game, you're staring at a 10 nothing deficit, and boy, it looks like a lot of points. Stop talking about Jay Cutler. I thought we were talking about the Chargers. Oh, look at you. Wow. Hey, you know, you talked about the last podcast. Jay Cutler's the most underrated, maybe the best quarterback. I, know, the Bears I, I, ever had. I love Jay and now, Cutler. And now you're just ripping Jay Cutler. No, I, I love Jay Cutler, but there were times where there was no conscience mm. of I'm putting it. What, should I have said Ryan Fitzpatrick? I mean, the expectations are low. That guy's the biggest winner in football history for the longevity of the career that he's had and his ability to show off his kids' math skills. Jay Cutler's a guy that people will take the digs. I just took the easy one for everybody that was thinking it as you were speaking. Okay, fair enough. I, I wear my jersey all the time. Mm-hmm. Not quite. <laughs> yes, a jersey, you do. Not quite a t-shirt. You do. I will. I, I, I you do wear shorts. that jersey all the time. You never wear the jersey and the purple shorts at the same time, though. I mean, dark they blue don't look and right. Yeah, no, dark blue and purple don't go together. It is no. Difficult. I mean that. That's one. If I'm holed up. Uh, you know, in my lonely writers, Garrett, where nobody sees me. So at this point, I'm thinking Cincinnati knows when Fouts tries to throw the football deep, he's not going to be able to do it. And we're going to be able to jump in front of passes and we know we can't get him downfield. Uh, but the big lightning strike quick moment that the Chargers had and really the only one of the day actually comes in the second quarter when they cut the score to 10-7. Now the wind is at San Diego's back and their touchdown of the day, they only scored one because they only scored seven points. Yeah, Dan Fouts, it looks like it's going to be some kind of bootleg play, but what it really is is a play to free up Kellen Winslow on a tight end screen. And Fouts turns around almost directly into one of the Cincinnati Bengals defensive linemen. He just throws it uh, blindly to where Winslow is supposedly going to be standing, hoping he's going to catch it. Winslow catches it, and he rumbles down the sideline for a 33-yard touchdown. This cuts the score to 10-7. Now, before we get further, a little bit about Kellen Winslow. We know the kind of player he was, the Hall of Fame player. You see highlights, but... Watching this game and specifically this play, he's someone who is so physically dominant and apparent. You know where he is every moment he's on the screen because he's so much bigger than everybody else. And this guy's a tight end. And he, he wasn't he wasn't skinny. He looked like a man, 
playing against boys because this touchdown, when he catches the ball and runs, it's like one of those video games where you catch it and you're running and, and the other player comes up to try to tackle you and you hit the stiff arm button and you knock them down, you know, or, or like one of those touchdowns from one of those football movies where the really big team with all the big kids just blocks everybody out and the guy pushes everybody out of the way and gets to the end zone. I mean, in the, early in the game before the big ragtag comeback at the end and some kind of crazy thing happens, but that's what Kellen Winslow is like. So you just watch a few plays from this game and it's easy to see why this guy was so dominant, why he was so good. He just looks like he's on a different level physically and in control of his body athletically than anybody else on the field. It really was something to see. Well, a Hall of Famer and why when his kid made the uh, the NFL, the expectations were huge for him. And we know where things have gone sideways uh, through the years. But you know, we watch the, these teams, you go back and, and you think of what receivers look like today. Right, bigger, stronger, faster. I mean, he was that prototype 30 years ago, mm-hmm. right? And and would have fit right in to the way we run offenses now uh, and the big passing attack. So, yeah, you're, you're just seeing that size differential, the ability to create space, all of that led to such a huge career. And again, here, you're, you're trying to get just that separation, but you can't get the big play and the big pop and and mention the career record of Coriel and everything mm-hmm. else. It's just how did with all this talent, they, they never got over. And I know our, our show producer, Justin Frostberg, as he listens to this, <laughs> cursing me uh, for, for not, you know, extolling all the virtues of the chargers fun to watch. And then in big moments, just no matter how much talent you had, couldn't get over at this point. The Chargers, okay, maybe we're back into it. Fouts, everybody jumps on the field to congratulate him after this touchdown, and maybe this is their moment. Okay, they broke through with the touchdown. The game is 10-7. Now we got got something going on, except that was it. Cincinnati dominates from that moment out. They drive right back down the field. Pete Johnson scores a touchdown to make it 17-7. Dan Fouts drives the Chargers back down the field, and again, he throws a long wobbler to Charlie Jordan. That's picked off by Cincinnati And this is what I mean when I say that He couldn't grip the football Because this is with the wind at his back He shouldn't be throwing a flutter ball in the second quarter But he escapes from the pressure And he just throws up and the ball just Goes straight up in the air And you can tell the Cincy DBs are saying He can't throw it that far And it's not like he's trying to make a 60 yard throw This is like a 25-30 yard throw And Joyner's kind of running downfield going Where's the ball? The Cincinnati DBs stop because they see it fluttering And it's an easy pick at the five-yard line for the Bengals. Another big chance that goes out the window for San Diego and the combination of the weather and the turnovers and things are just going really horribly for the Chargers. And the other thing to, to notice about Fouts is this, is that as good as he was, Dan Fouts had the worst footwork of any quarterback I've ever seen. He would just take those little baby steps to drop back and pass. Sometimes he would take 10-step drops. Sometimes there'd be eight. Sometimes they'd be 15. And so it's really, steps. it's really hard to be able to uh, to throw the football with the effort and 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 the, the zip you need on every play when you're not really talking about the timing of okay this is seven steps and I'm throwing and granted it wasn't that wasn't all the way back in the time back then this is what quarterbacks did but still a lot of it was three five seven step drops and and, and if you have a longer drop than that okay but wow you really need to drop back 10 yards to throw the football and his footwork was so bad that he couldn't overcome the other things because sometimes quarterbacks footworks can save them when it comes to throwing a deep out or 
or throwing a slant or throwing the ball downfield. But Fouts' footwork was so, is these baby steps all over the place. His, his body was never all the time facing one way or the other. You know, you, you don't have momentum. And it's easy to see in this game why this was able to come back and hurt him and why the Chargers don't go to the Super Bowl. Just watching the the drop bags, waiting for things to develop. You know, the interior linemen really had their work cut out for him uh, in this one because the rush was coming up the gut and Fouch wasn't a guy getting to the outside extending plays. So the baby step drop backs. So trying to stop that motion and then put your full body into the throws. You know, you're short arming some of it or relying fully on your arm strength and coming up short and Hall of Fame career, big, big numbers and all that we've talked about as to what this offense did. But, you know, in big moments, big games, game plan against them in here, no confidence against the wind either. That, that's the other thing that comes mm-hmm. in, even with the wind at his back. Just right, didn't seem to have I, that like same I said, thrust. I don't think he could hold the football really well, and it's not like the Bengals were baby playing. hands like you. Oh, did tiny hands. little baby hands like Jared Goff? Did yeah, tiny oh, you baby got Jared hands. Goff in? There you go. Uh, and it's not like the Bengals were playing great. I mean, the Bengals were just playing good enough. They were capitalizing mm-hmm. on the Chargers' mistakes, which were many, and you know that's what the third quarter looked like. Because in the third quarter, San Diego didn't adjust. They still tried to get down the field the same way: a couple of running plays, throw the ball, and then they would try to throw the ball deep, and it wouldn't work. Uh, they they could have used Brooks and and then gotten down the field with Brooks and Muncie. They could have done that all day. They were they were they were running the ball well enough, and they were throwing the ball ten to twelve yards down the field well enough. It's not like Fouts was ten for forty five on the day. He actually had a pretty had an okay completion percentage, but they just couldn't they just couldn't get a right mix of how to get the ball downfield. Here's a perfect example: their first drive of the game of the second of the of the second half. All right, seventeen seven. Let's get out there and get and get a score. Uh, getting down the field, first drive, they're inside Cincinnati's 40-yard line. Chuck Muncie just has the ball popped out. And it's one of those clear uh, uh, fundamental tackles where the helmet goes on the football, and because it's so cold, it's very difficult. The ball pops out. Cincinnati recovers. They turn that into a field goal. The next big chance the Chargers have for points, big third down play from the 20-yard line. Dan Fouts dropping back, kind of locks shoes with Doug Wilkerson, uh, one of his offensive linemen, falls down 11 yards behind the line of scrimmage. So it's a field goal for Bernerska, who again misses horribly, doesn't reach the goal line again, and that's it. I mean, at that point, you throw your arms up and say, that's it. They got one more touchdown uh, on the day that the Bengals did in the fourth quarter that really cemented the game. Anderson throws a touchdown to Don Bass, and 27-7 is your final. The Bengals go on, and the Chargers go back to what just happened to us in the cold. We could never figure it out, and now the Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. When you build a team, you know you got eight at home, and you're playing in beautiful, sunny San Diego, Right, the most beautiful, best city in the world by some of those magazines that rate all those different aspects. But you've got to account for the fact that eight of your games aren't played in San Diego. And then certainly in the playoffs, all bets are off, but you're built for one style of play. I mean, how many times do we watch it from the college perspective of, all right, you play in this conference, and I'll take my beloved Big Ten, for instance, where for all those years it was rough and tumble, right? Three yards in a cloud of dust. And then you'd go play some high-flying SEC team in a bowl game. By the way, that still happens. <laughs> uh, and they've just got track athletes that are running circles around you. Yeah, I mean, I think back to Northwestern playing USC, right? Played very well in, in the Big Ten 
conference. They beat Notre Dame, all of these things, the miracle of the purple to Pasadena. And then I watched Keyshawn Johnson make all the defensive backs and everybody just looked like they were standing still. Now, granted, no Pat Fitzgerald in that game because he'd been injured, but I don't I don't think even Moses himself, uh, Charlton Heston. Oh, I thought uh, you meant Haven Moses. To, okay. All right. Well, That's no, fine. Charlton Heston, Northwestern grad, okay. uh, would have been able to close up that Red Sea. Uh, or Billy Moses, that. former actor of the 70s and 80s and, and uh, nighttime soap operas. That, that's nice, nicely done. I think I'm out of guys whose last name is Moses. Haven Moses, Billy Moses. Well, we can yeah, bring in Moses Moreno. Yeah, but uh, that's that's his first things. name. There's a lot of Mo- first names Moses. Yeah, but la- I was going trying to go with the last name Moses. I know. I, 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 I you know I just thought I'd try to keep the game going. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it, it's just that idea of you you build your team to play one style. And then, un- unfortunately, sometimes the styles and the elements don't work in your favor. Mm. Fouts' day was 15 out of 28 for 185 yards, the touchdown to Winslow, and the two interceptions that I told you about. They had four turnovers overall, which killed them. Chuck Muncie had three fumbles, uh, and James Brooks had a fumble as well. Not all of them lost, obviously. But Muncie ran for 100 yards. You still got 80 yards receiving from Wes Chandler. They limited Kellen Winslow. That was really the only play he had all day. He only caught three passes total, and Charlie Joyner didn't affect the team. Nothing they did on offense. They were able to sustain enough to win. Meanwhile, for the Bengals, Kenny Anderson, an efficient day, 14 out of 22 for 161 and two touchdowns. It worked. Pete Johnson ran for 80 yards and a touchdown, and that's kind of all you needed. You know, Collinsworth only caught a couple of passes, didn't matter. They were able to finish their chances when they had them while the Chargers fumbled through picks, couldn't get accustomed to the cold, and this is how the Bengals wind up in the Super Bowl against the San Francisco 49ers. But... What was next for these teams coming off of the coldest game ever? Well, it's a big deal both physically, mentally, and a huge trade between these teams in later years. That's coming up next right here on Special Teams. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop 
Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com or download the app today. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The aftermath of the Freezer Bowl, well, let's just say that players are still feeling the effects of it today. Kenny Anderson said his right hand has never been the same since that day. Uh, Anytime it gets really cold, he has trouble feeling it. It, it, It's never been the same. Other players say the same thing about parts of their bodies. Kellen Winslow said one of his feet has never been the same following that game. It was, uh, uh, was it frostbite? Was it some kind of of damage you did to your body because it was just that cold? Uh, You have to think that was it. After that day, anytime it gets cold, you see what happens to the parts of your body. You got Anderson, you had Winslow. A couple other players said the same thing. Even the referees had a difficult time in this game. They kept going to the dryers on the sideline. You know those big things they used to have to pump out hot air to keep players yeah, warm yeah. On, on the side of, cold, of when it was cold games. So the referees, when they had a chance, they would run and stand right in front of those dryers. Now it's 1980, right? It's not 2020. So technology of hot dryers blowing out air isn't the best. And there were sparks that were coming out of the dryer once in a while. And a couple of referees at the end of the game, you know, when they were in the referee room changing, they looked at each other the clothes and go, hey, dude, you're your shirt is burnt. Hey, your pants are burnt because they got so close that their clothes got burnt, but it was so cold that they didn't feel it. They had the, they had the parts of their, the, what they were wearing burned and they didn't feel it because it was still so cold out. Well, it's like Kramer when he was putting his uh, clothes in the pizza oven. Uh, it, it burned him up. I mean, what are you going to do? What do I know about cooking a shirt? But, you know, we talked to Mike Pereira about this on, on our evening show on Fox Sports Radio uh, every season about dealing with the elements and the different referees because you're starting to take age into consideration, right? How many guys have been through the wars and 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 where they're at physically? It's a, it's a question that you ask in 2020 going forward, uh, you know, dealing with COVID-19 uh, as well. The precautions taken for referees, just like we're looking at players, coaches, and staff, but also for the elements, you know, keeping warm. You know, this was a couple of years before Isotona gloves, too, before Dan Marino started doing holiday commercials uh, to give those out. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I don't know what the glove technology was in 1980 in terms of being able to grip a football and do all those things. So we look at, you know, simple technological gains there uh, as well. But, yeah, trying to get warm on the sidelines, uh, a much different 
animal 30 years later. Even the players at the end of the game were telling the, the officials, it's 27 7. They're going, dude, come on, just end the game. It's so bleeping cold. Just end the game. Just Run end the, the game. Just end the game. It really was. You see the fans in the stands. I don't know how they made it through the games. And oh, by the way, just, just, it was really fun. They were drunk, man. But well, that, that helps as well. That uh, probably helped. Yeah. Or euphoric because, you know, there were home fans watching a win. You know, watch this game because you can see a replay of it on YouTube if you, if you want to see yeah. it. And in, in, in going back and looking at some of the plays here, the number of WLW banners that were up in Riverfront Stadium, which was the Bengals. Radio network. I mean, it was amazing. Nowadays, how many would there was at least 10 to 15 WLW banners up that they showed in between plays and when big things are going on? Here's banners up. We love winning and, you know, the Bengals colors. I'm like, you never see that now. No, like, you know, the, the Jets radio network, you know, people don't go 98 7, we're going to beat the Patriots 98 to 7 today. You, you don't see that. But back then, that's all it was WLW. Like, I, I think if I want to remember right, there was a, I don't know if it was an urban legend or an urban myth back then, but that if you did a banner or held a sign at a baseball game or a football game or a basketball game or a hockey game, and you held the sign up and it was about one of the broadcasters, that the chances are you could get on television or, or and they would see it because it's about one of the, it, hey, it's a commercial for us, right? We're showing an ad for our radio station or TV station. So it was always, hey, if you do it, you'll be able to get on TV. So maybe that's what they were thinking, but I'm like, Boy, that's a lot of WLW posters out there and, and bad. Well, you try to get a little bit of run, right? A little bit of extra FaceTime. I mean, everybody's trying to get themselves on. In 2020, we're watching cardboard cutouts of people mm. uh, in the crowds. I'm surprised they're not holding up banners, flags, or other things with a corporate or personal message uh, to you. So, yeah, I, I'm curious as I watched the, the replay as well. Of all of that signage in a stadium, different times though, right? From the national games and what it meant, the magnification of it now, the way we look at the televising of games and standardizing, I think to some degree as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just remember growing up, you know, when I'd rush home from school for Cubs broadcast, White Sox fan, South side of town, but hey, day baseball was day baseball. Uh, but watching that type of scenario, uh, you had one producer whose obvious eye was to look for the tourists that had come to Chicago uh, <laughs> and enjoyed themselves in the bleachers. Uh, nowadays, you're probably not getting away with uh, some of the visuals that you'd get in nice long looks like, don't put the camera back on the booth as they introduce the new inning. Nope. Keeping it on the ladies uh, in in the crowd, particularly the bleacher creatures. Uh, and then certainly Harry Carey would have the nod to, well, whomever they'd found, uh, usually holding up a banner or something, you know, showing love to the broadcast booth. So that was the other way to get on TV, too, Jason. I mean, you know, it's, it's a tale as old as time. So what happened for these teams following? Well, they would actually get back together a couple of years later in a much different way. The Bengals go to the Super Bowl. They lose to the 49ers, the first of Montana's championships. And meanwhile, the Chargers stay the Chargers. Air Coriel, throw the football up and down the field. And then right before the 1984 season, what many Bengals fans will tell you is the greatest trade in franchise history happened. And what many Chargers <laughs> fans would tell you is, what the hell were we doing? So prior to the 1984 Beautiful season, uh, <laughs> all my Ken Phelps, best hat, home run to at-bat ratio ever. Pete Johnson, then of the Bengals, wanted a new contract from Cincinnati. He had been a really good running back for the past few years for the Bengals. We talked about him in this game, too. He had a touchdown. He was threatening to go to the USFL 
if he didn't get a new contract. So he had kind of had it with the Bengals. He's a 30-year-old running back. Meanwhile, the Chargers, uh, things weren't going swimmingly for them with James Brooks, even though the first two years in the league, he led the NFL in all-purpose yardage. But for some reason, it wasn't clicking, and they decide, let's make a trade. So the Chargers trade the 25-year-old James Brooks for the 30-year-old Pete Johnson, who, oh, by the way, is coming off a four-game suspension for cocaine usage. Uh, so I, I can't believe that this this is the trade. You got a 30-year-old running back that wants a new contract that's coming off a cocaine suspension, and the Chargers say, we're going to give you one of the best all-around players in the game who's 25 years old. It doesn't make sense, but this is the trade that happened. How did the trade go from then on? Oh, my goodness. For James Brooks, he goes on and he becomes a Pro Bowl player for many years. Brooks was fantastic. He played eight seasons in Cincinnati, and he was the same player he was with the San Diego Chargers, up amongst the league leaders, all around yardage, every single year. He was it. Suddenly, James Brooks is putting air into the tires of the Cincinnati Bengals, who, oh, by the way, he helps them get back to the Super Bowl a few years later when he's at the end of his prime. Meanwhile, for Pete Johnson, he plays three games with the Chargers. Not three seasons, no, three games for the Chargers. And then they got rid of him. He went and played the final 13 games of the season with the Miami Dolphins, and he retired after that. You want to look back at the annals of bad trades, worst trades ever. We talk a lot about baseball trades and what happened and with with teams and, and, you know, John Smoltz, Doyle Alexander, whatever trade you want to talk about. But James Brooks for Pete Johnson, NFL, that's up at the top. Well, don't forget, James Brooks also went on to uh, create the Simpsons. That's so, true. I mean, that, That's true. Well, he, well, he had to change his name to James L. Brooks then. But, yeah, but he, he added the L. We had to bring in the middle initial. Uh, we're just kidding, folks, uh, in case you didn't recognize uh, just uh, the brand of humor. But... Yeah, that, that's got to be about as bad as it goes, especially for a franchise that would then become, well, they'd become one of the laughing stocks. Unfortunately, two teams in Ohio carried that banner for a lot of years, and your Jets. Uh, sorry. Uh, Thanks, for, buddy. I for appreciate many years, that. But for the, for the Bengals and, and for the Chargers here, it, this, is, this is where you're at. The, the Bengals actually get over. Uh, on one uh, for one time, and Charger fans are still uh, looking for that elusive Super Bowl. James Brooks made the Pro Bowl with the Cincinnati Bengals four times after the trade, four times. He ran for 1,000 yards three times, still caught a lot of yards passing. This is back when running backs catching three to 400 yards in passes was a lot. This isn't, oh, my goodness, he's got 1,000 yards. No, this is when catching 30 to 40 passes a year was a very big deal, and James Brooks was that good a player. He stayed with the team through 1991, and even in his final year when he's 33 years old, he ran for almost 600 yards and a couple of touchdowns. He caught 350 yards in passes. So even when he was at the end, the guy was productive. And some of his big years with Cincinnati when he was 30 and 31 years old, 1,200 yards rushing, 300 yards receiving. He was a star all the way through the rest of the 80s. And I, I know the Chargers weren't winning the Super Bowl with him, but boy, you get to 84, 85, and this guy becomes the linchpin of your offense. I, maybe you actually win one. Maybe you win one before Dan Fouts retires. But the Never got the chance because this trade was made and still you scratch your head and go, boy, for at least one moment in time, the Bengals got over on another team. Yeah, no, that hasn't happened 
much in the history and we'll see what happens in this this new world order uh with a a new gunslinger uh, brought to the team here in 2020 in, in joe burrow but you know when when you look at the the chargers just a, a lot of what ifs there have been some great talents uh that have come through that organization and little pieces that are missing right we talk about this particular season with with dan fouts well, they got beat up by the Bengals earlier in the season, right? So he couldn't solve them in at home, and he, and he gets blown out on the road. Uh, so you, you have those kind of issues, and you have the high-flying attack, and it's, it's always hard when things seem to be working. It's like, all right, we're almost there. But being able to pull the plug, because we normally see it the other way in sports, right? Where mm-hmm. it's the you don't get nearly enough time to work. And I mean, that's certainly been one of the hallmarks of the Bengals organization outside of Marvin Lewis's run is, all right, let's flip. That's the Browns. That's the jets. That's a number of NFL teams of, all right, it's been two years. We're not seeing the progress we want. Flip the coach, flip the GM quarterback. will get one more year, by the way, it's his fourth offensive coordinator. Uh, and let's keep flipping. Cause you always got to have a fall guy <laughs> here. You ran with the high flying offense as much as you could. But this was their their best shot. So how about some where are they now from this game? Uh, Mr. Harmon, what do you got for us? Oh, we got a couple of good ones here. Uh, Willie Buchanan uh, doing virtual office systems. He was ahead of the game before uh, we got to COVID-19 and working remotely. Uh, Also some real estate work. Uh, You got Lyndon King, uh, 13 years in the league. Uh, He was actually became a singer of a country. Wow, okay. Uh, After he finished, a linebacker uh, for many years in the National Football League. Oh, my exes. It was Lyndon King and the Southern Steel. Well, that's a pretty good name. I like that. That is pretty good. Uh, and then they were down in uh, down in Tennessee, down in Nashville for a while. Uh, Wes Chandler, uh, founder of WCTE, WCTE, <laughs> uh, but working on biopharmaceuticals to help with CTE, traumatic brain injuries, uh, etc. cetera. Uh, and then I, I got two, two big ones for you to finish. Uh, we've got always Pat, Pat McAnally. You got to show him love because in this broadcast, they brought up his Wonderlick test then. Oh, of course, because you can't bring up the wonder. You can't bring up Pat McAnally without saying only player to get a perfect score in the Wonderlick test. It's yeah, Pat McAnally. There's a little bit in the telecast where you get that. Uh, but the key is also he brought us the starting lineup action figures. Really? His brainchild. Oh. So they sold an estimated seven hundred million dollars worth of uh, starting lineups. I still have a Frank Thomas and a Michael Jordan sitting around here somewhere. And at one point I had Wade Boggs. Wow. Beyond that, uh, he's got a play college uh, foundation that is trying to uh, help economically challenge kids. Uh, They help with test preparation. So the ACT and SAT. So, So you've certainly got that. And then I wanted to finish with one that is really big in the sporting year 2020 Reggie Williams linebacker 14 years in the league he became the executive director of what became the Walt Disney World wide world so he was the first black vice president for Walt Disney World sports recreation given the ability to create a vision of what that space has become and if it weren't for him the 2020 NBA season wouldn't have finished. You know so me. There would have been no bubble. I came up with a bubble. Oh, 
Oh, that was yeah, that was me. I was the bubble. But that whole thing, right? <laughs> Setting up the the fields and having that for the Braves for their you know training and having all of those courts and fields for different youth tournaments. All of that was part of his brainchild. He retired from Walt Disney World back in 2007. But it was his work and in researching for the podcast, you know, you come up with some fun stories. Some, you know, you see players take tragic turns. We've certainly talked about a number of those throughout our run here on special teams and certainly on our show on Fox Sports Radio. But occasionally you run into, all right, let's do some where are they nows. And you know that guys have gone on to success. But here you have one that, you know, hopefully he gets a a, a couple more nods. He certainly got some here uh, for having this this space and vision to create that Disney World wide world of sports complex. But in the bubble, I, th- I think they should probably pay a little more attention. <laughs> hey, let's go back to the architects of this uh, and make sure they get their just due. So there is your complete look at the 1981 Freezer Bowl. The Chargers fall to the Bengals 27-7. to And in the process, the jury's still out on can a warm weather team throw the football up and down the field and win the Super Bowl. It would be years until you figured out, all right, a team could do that without having to run it while being so electric. The Chargers' best chance to get to the Super Bowl in those legendary Air Coriel teams was this day, and it was the Cincinnati Bengals who came out on top. You want to hit us up for future special teams episodes? Hey, on Twitter, at HowAboutAFresca, Mike at Swollen Dome. Who knows? Maybe your idea will make it into a future episode of special teams. Our show is heard Monday through Friday on Fox Sports Radio, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. on the East Coast, 7 to 11 on the West Coast. Enjoy the week, and we'll talk to you in a few days here on special teams. Before you go, rate and review the show, whether you're listening on iHeartRadio, iHeartRadio apps, Apple, whatever it is. Give us a rate. Tell us you like it. We will love you forever and ever and ever. Special Teams is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! 
And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.